I want to share a few stories about how practicing faith in private in my home and hearing God's voice has played out in my life over the years. Um, Bear in mind, though, as I share these stories, that this is just really a, a small snippet of many stories I could tell. I've just decided and picked out a few for for this episode, and, and there'll be other episodes where I'll continue to share other stories. But when I began to make it a practice of my life, right, to get better at the kingdom of God and to grow in faith, it led to me seeing some pretty cool things. So these stories go back to when we lived in our previous house um, before being where we live now. And the stories span multiple years. And I, you know, starting with this one, I, I would occasionally get restless at night and I didn't want to disturb my wife's sleep. So when this restlessness would take place and insomnia, I'd take my pillow, I'd go downstairs to the family room and lay on the couch. And so while on the couch one morning, I was awakened by the sound of a woodpecker and it was pecking away at the side of the house. And I lay there for a few minutes because I wanted to see if it would stop, but it kept on going and I'm thinking to myself, oh man, it's going to damage the house. I need to do something about it. So I got off the couch and I was intending to go to the back wall and pound on it and, and you know try to scare the bird away. But I mean, as soon as I got up to, to start to move towards the back of the house, I clearly in an instant, heard in my spirit, just speak to it. Literally, it was a whisper, and I pointed at the wall, and I breathed out the command. I said, leave in the name of Jesus. And then instantly it stopped. I thought, hmm, that's interesting. And I, I laid back down, and I listened, and I'm listening, and I'm listening, and it never happened again. I mean, I couldn't see to confirm it left, but I just assumed so based on you know, there was no more of this incessant pecking, you know, which had been going on for several minutes before this happened. And and I acknowledge, I understand it could be coincidence, right? The timing of all that. But coincidence or not, all right, this moment was one of a few moments that got my attention focused or refocused around this idea of seeing and hearing and doing what I see and hear from the Father. I've, I've mentioned this multiple times in other podcasts throughout season one, that we are about, as Jesus was about, we see and hear the Father and do what we see and hear. And so this was just, again, grabbing my attention and highlighting the this idea. And for the record, by the way, I don't believe that what happened with that woodpecker was coincidence. On another occasion, I was walking through the house and I I passed by my youngest boy. And at the time, he was probably 10 or 11 years old. He had one of those sore throats that caused excruciating pain every time he swallowed. And as I went by him, I I don't even know completely what I thought. I I just in that moment, I I had this revelation in my spirit and I, I knew I needed to deal with the situation. So I reached out, I put my hand around his throat and I, I just spoke out rebuking the pain and commanding it to leave in Jesus name. I let go of his neck. I backed away and I'm watching him now. Right. And I could see him. He was taking some swallows, you know, swallow one, swallow two. And he, you know, and then suddenly his eyes just open up, you know, as wide as they could go. And he just literally screams at me, how'd you do that? And the, the pain was completely gone and it didn't come back. And it was either later 
that day or the next day. Uh, I don't remember how soon it was, but some friends came over for dinner and we're sitting at the dinner table and he's just ecstatic and he's, he's telling them about what had happened with his throat. And, you know, me being such the man of faith that I am, you know, I was like, really? Did that really happen? Was that real? And, you know, but his exuberance about this and the fact that it really did go away, you know, and him telling this story just further confirmed to me the reality of what had taken place. I'm not a super, I'm, well, you know, I have spiritual interests and I really hunger and thirst after God. But these things don't happen because of super spirituality. I mean, I see things happen and I question and, and wonder about them sometimes like, man, did that really happen? And so for me to continue to hear him talking about about this, you know, later, it, it just was very confirming to me. This really did happen, right? And I just also too remember the Lord speaking to me one time and he was showing me that with my children, there would be no shortage of opportunities to pray over them and to practice the things that he's showing me. And so I would encourage you, you know, if you're wanting to learn how to operate in the kingdom of God and you're still in that season of life where you've got young children, there's going to be no shortage of opportunities for you to learn how to pray over their pains and ailments and things like that. And I would just highly encourage you to to start asking God uh, about those things and what to pray and speak over your kid's life. Not even just about healing, but just about their futures and their, you know, their character and, and their, their spirits being opened up to the Holy Spirit to learn and be instructed by him and grow in knowledge and wisdom and favor with God, you know, all kinds of stuff you can be praying for. But again, no shortage of opportunities to just be able to practice the kingdom. And I, I could go on with similar stories done both publicly and privately, you know, situations where I heard God's voice, I acted on it, and then that produced fruit that I could then judge by, right? People reacting out of the surprise of a healing received or all of a sudden they're bursting into tears because of a word that I just heard in my spirit for them and I shared it and it was something that they desperately needed to hear. Some were people I knew, others were complete strangers. You know, many times I had no way to know at all what was going on in their lives. But in all these events I'm describing, I called out something relevant for those that I was praying for and interacting with. Why? Because I first heard it in my spirit. I saw it of my father and I got it from the Holy Spirit, and then I was able to, to react to what I was seeing and hearing of him. And with that, here comes the story for which this episode is named. Drum roll, please. It's a bit crazy, I know, but it's just another example of a time where I heard God speak to me, and I acted on it. And I should preface here, too. And I've already somewhat stated it before. I've had several public experiences in ministry, praying for people where I saw God move. But I also have so many stories of things that happened privately in our home that leave me amazed and just understanding that God cares for the little things, right, as well as the big. And I think he often does things if we'll let him just to show us the possibilities that we wouldn't normally consider. And as I stated earlier, I felt God told me I could practice being like Jesus, who I believe also practiced. And so I was in our home working out my exploration of his marvelous kingdom. 
Now, this really happened, by the way. No one was home except me. I'm the only one who saw it. And I understand if you don't believe me. But in order to believe this, you're going to have to just take my word for it. We had a couple of goldfish that someone in our family had won at a school carnival. Uh, probably many of you listening have had the same experience. You show up at the gymnasium and you throw a ping pong ball into a cup of water that's four feet away from you and you win a goldfish. We won two of them, right? My family was very talented, so we, we got two fish, right? So our prizes lived in a fishbowl on the counter in our kitchen. And after several months, one of them died, and then there was just the one. And this one, Brock, or Brocky as my kids called it, kept on living. And for my wife and I, it was becoming a real chore keeping after it. I mean, I hated every time it was time to clean the bowl and the water. And because this fish lived longer than any fish we ever had had, you know, the cleanings happened a lot. So it was this one afternoon I came home, I I don't know, probably from work, and uh, the family was gone. And I walked into our kitchen and on the counter where the fishbowl was, I noticed Brocky was dead, right? He was in that curled shape, as those of you who've owned goldfish, you can attest to when they die, right? They're floating at the top of the water. And and I got really excited in that moment. I was like, finally, we're free, right? Because I, I just enjoyed that thought of oh, no more fishbowl cleanings, right? Well, not so fast. Because in that instant, I just felt the Lord challenge me to pray over Brocky and raise him from the dead. I mean, how do you know in that moment this is God speaking? I mean, sometimes his voice is clearer than at other times, that's for sure. And then there's often times where you're not sure. Am I hearing God's voice? Am I not? Okay. And honestly, I wasn't sure here that I was hearing his voice. So I just started to evaluate, okay, I'm not sure I'm hearing his voice, but I feel like the request isn't really unreasonable. I mean, it does sound crazy to pray over a dead goldfish, but it's definitely not something that I'd put past God to do or to challenge me in. So I just decided, okay, I'm going to act on it. Lord, if this is you, I, I want to be obedient. And so I I, I put my hand on the fishbowl and, and I prayed for his life to return. So now I'm, I'm standing there looking at him thinking, you know, well, I don't even know what I was thinking, but he was he was still there curled and floating. And so I thought, okay, no harm done. I tried, right? And then from there, I went on uh, about other business. And because our kitchen was basically in the middle of the house, pretty much all pathways to other parts of the house passed through the kitchen. And every time passing the bowl, I'd look and I'd see him still curled and floating. His eyes had that glazed over look of death. And it had been a while now of back and forth over the next maybe couple of hours. And, and through the house, I'm, you know, I'm moving into the kitchen. I'm glancing at the bowl. I'm, I'm calling him to life and then just moving on, right? Nothing's happening, right? But then this one moment, I'm passing through the kitchen. I look and Brocky, he's no longer floating. He is swimming like crazy, zipping around in a blur all over his bowl. Honestly, I never seen a little fish move that fast in a tiny fishbowl like that. And he, it, it was like life was just infused into him, right? And I literally screamed out at the top of my lungs in the kitchen, are you kidding me? God had me raise a goldfish from the dead. I shouted it, right, where I was standing. It was, it was really cool. I mean, 
at this point, who cares about having to clean the bowl again? This was way worth it. And, and Brocky lived a long while more um, before he finally floated again. I mean, literally, this fish lived longer than any fish I'd ever owned in my life. And when he finally died again, we had a proper toilet bowl burial burial for him. And my wife giving me specific instructions, right, not to pray for him again. And I was in complete agreement with that sentiment. It was clearly time for us to, to let him go. And I know at least some of you may not believe me at this point. I get that. All I can say is I was there. I saw what happened. I lived it. There's no doubt in my mind that he was dead. And after I prayed for him, and it still, it took a couple hours of just calling that life back into him. There's no doubt in my mind that God raised that fish from the dead through me. But the point is, God speaks, we can hear his voice. And when we hear it, there's potential to see great things if we act upon it. And I've experienced that sometimes I wasn't sure I was hearing his voice, but I acted upon it. Just saying, okay, God, if this is you, I'm going to obey and set my faith around that word. And, you know, as, as in Brocky's case, and he was raised back to life. One other story, again, pertaining to my youngest son. And again, there's so many I could tell, but this is another one uh, that just highlights this fact of, uh, and this idea of hearing and seeing the father. So this was my son who I had prayed over and rebuked that painful sore throat. This was later. And it was during a, a U.S. Women's Soccer World Cup game. It was on TV. It's 2015. I'm watching the match as I work on some film editing on my laptop. And my son is laying on the couch, and he's just in agony with a migraine headache. I, I think I probably even told him, man, just go to bed, you know, because I, I wouldn't want to be laying there and hearing the sound of the TV. So I had actually turned the TV down too because I, I didn't want it to bother him, right? But he was laying there. He has the pillow over his head to block the light out. And I could hear him moaning. And I, I just felt really bad for him. I, I know what migraines are like. I, I started get, getting them as a kid, sometimes so severely that they just scared the heck out of me. And uh, I was really sad when I started seeing my own children getting them. So I knew he was he was in really bad shape and as far as that headache goes. And so I'm sitting there watching the game and working on my laptop. And uh, I decided, okay, I'm, I'm just going to go and pray over him. And so I walked over, I sat on the floor next to the couch and I, I laid my hand on his shoulder and under my breath, because I, again, I didn't want to be loud and whatever and, and cause him further agony. I, uh, I just began to rebuke the migraine and I was doing this for probably a couple minutes and there's just absolutely nothing was, was happening. The time when I prayed over a sore throat, I was rebuking and commanding the pain and the sickness to leave it and it left immediately. And so I was doing it here too, um, in pretty much the same way, but, but without the same results. And the, and the thought came to mind that I really needed to hear God's fresh pers perspective in, in this specific situation. And so I asked the Holy Spirit how I should pray. And I asked him to show me whatever it was that I was failing to see so that I could just align my thoughts and my prayers in accordance with his thoughts. For me, it wasn't about if God wants to heal. I'm convinced that Jesus' body was shredded at the whipping post as, as he took upon himself our sickness and our infirmities. And the entire purpose of that moment, of the cross 
and his brutal beating. It was for our healing, both physically and spiritually, right? It was for the forgiveness of our sins. And, and now I'm sitting there and I'm trying to pray him through this moment. And God is speaking to me that it's not about what worked before. It was really about getting a fresh word from the Lord. And remember, that's the foundation of our faith, right? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And so I needed a fresh word from him so that I could wrap my faith around and rise up to, right? And so um, being, you know, faith is what we're instructed to walk by. And so it, it actually absolutely necessitates a word from God. And I needed his word to me here in order to pray by faith. So I'm sitting there on the floor next to the couch. He's laying there moaning. About 15 minutes into this line of asking and waiting, I, I clearly heard a word in my spirit. May the lamb who was slain receive the just reward for his suffering. It was like the lights went on inside of me. My son's healing was Jesus's reward. It was based on that word then that I began to present my boy to Jesus and to, to declare my son's healing as a reward which belonged to the Lord. And so a few more minutes of praying this way. And then I got up from the floor and I, I went back to my chair, my laptop, my work, the game, right? And it was hard to pay attention to anything I was doing. And again, another 15 minutes passes by. It still seems like nothing's happening. In my mind, I'm wrestling. I'm trying not to doubt. I felt I heard from God. And, uh, you know, when I heard from God about Brocky, I wasn't completely sure I heard from God. I just felt like the word was consistent with what God's character might be like. And, and so I, I based my obedience and my actions around that understanding of the of the goodness of my God, right? Here, I really felt I heard from God. I really felt I had a revelation. May the lamb who was slain receive the just reward of his suffering. And I had been praying that way. But again, nothing's happening. And so the temptation going on in my head is just to give up and say, well, I guess it didn't work. So I was just trying not to think about it. I, I was nervous, you know, but I, I just didn't want to think about it and wrestle with it. And so I started to just try to really refocus my mind on what I was doing with the film editing. So, and I actually was able to do that. And so I'm just working away on my film and it was probably just a few more minutes that went by. And all of a sudden, without warning, my son throws the pillow off his face. He sits up and he's looking around and he, he says something like, whoa. And he didn't scream it out, but it was very clear he was startled. And so I'm, I'm just watching him sit there looking around the room and he asks, he goes, what just happened? It felt like something popped. In an instant, he experienced a tangible manifestation in which that migraine just all of a sudden lifted and was gone. And I remember there was still some residual effect and he needed to rest, but he was released from the intense and unbearable pain. And, and maybe I should have prayed through it more to see even that lingering after effect symptoms be completely removed. But at that point, I was just so happy and thankful to God to see that breakthrough that I had just witnessed. Because remember, I, I'd been sitting there kind of sweating it out, going, man, did I hear God? Is, it gonna, is this going to happen? And, you know, just trying to wait and see what would go on and, and, and boom, it happens. And boy, I'm, I'm just so happy. And I, I sat there just playing that event over my mind. I, I sat there thinking about 
each part of that process that I just described and how I went and sat by him and how, you know, it took some time, but then I heard that may the lamb that was slain receive the just reward for his suffering. And, you know, I was just playing that over and over in my mind so that I could just absorb how God's voice led me, you know, through that entire process. So walking in the kingdom, it's not about formulas. It's not about repeating past things that worked before. It's about a vibrant and a connected relationship with God. It's about getting fresh perspective from the Father in each situation. And it may be he tells you to do the same thing as before, or he may give a different strategy. But the key is we're not relying on the strategy. Instead, we're relying on him, right? In that moment, as we follow the strategy he's shown us. And and so that's what our response of obedience is based around, just responding to that word that we've understood is coming from him. And I'm just, I'm just blown away by this scripture in John 5, 19. And I don't know if you've considered this scripture, but consider it now. And, and hopefully you'll, you'll be blown away by it as well. Jesus replies and he says, I assure you, the son is not able to do anything on his own, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, the son also does these things in the same way. This is extremely profound, right? What we read here in John 5, 19, we read right over it and we miss the power of, of what Jesus is saying, or at least I would read over it, and I would just miss the power of what God was was saying through it. You know, do you want to do the works of the Father? Then see what works the Father is doing and do what you see him do. And think about this. This is how Jesus did it, and he's our example. So if you're wondering what you should do or how you should pray, tune in, see Hear your father. What is he doing? What is he saying concerning the thing you're asking about? And and remember this too, and receive this by faith. You are made, if you're born again, right? You are made to hear his voice. So you can, you can hear his voice. You just need to practice hearing it. You need to practice listening to it and getting familiar with how it looks and how it feels in your life. In the last story I told you about my son and his migraine, I saw my father in the revelation of the reward that belonged to Jesus. My father was acknowledging and wanting to give that reward to Christ. And when I understood that, my perspective changed and my behavior changed. I saw and heard my father. And out of that, I declared and thus did what I saw him doing. I then was acknowledging and giving my son to Christ as his reward, just as I saw and understood the same for my father. And when we get these understandings, okay, that understanding can sound like a revelation that jumps out of the pages of scripture, right? Or suddenly comes to mind in in both of those cases. And it's like a revelation that kind of smacks you across the face, right? Other times it's more subtle, right? It can come in the form of a dream. Sometimes it comes quickly. Other times we must persevere until the breakthrough of understanding. All right, there's been numerous times I've been asking God over time, right, for understanding on a matter. I, I, and what I mean by that is over a period of time, 
I've been asking him for understanding on a matter. Then one day, I'm, I'm just going about my business. I'm not even thinking about what I've been asking because I'm, I'm involved in something else at that moment. But all of a sudden, the revelation and understanding pops into my mind about that thing. It just seems to, to come out of nowhere. And it's just really incredible when it happens. And so I would just say this, pay special attention to the random thoughts that seem to come to mind. Or sometimes maybe you'll have random images floating around your mind. You know, oftentimes this is the Lord's, the Lord's voice just punching through inside. His word instructs us to look and to see and to take to heart and to believe. So I would encourage you to declare and decree and pay attention to those thoughts and images that I've been mentioning. Go through the book of John like I did one night and highlight every scripture where Jesus says that he doesn't do anything on his own accord, but only that which he sees and hears from the Father. My book of John when I did this was heavily highlighted in yellow because Jesus said it so much. There was actually a moment where one day I, I started to pray for a friend about an issue he was facing. And listen to this. This is so wild. The Holy Spirit convicted me to stop praying for him. I mean, how many times have you heard that in, in, in your life where the Spirit, you know, somebody says the Spirit stopped them for praying for someone, from praying for someone. So I was challenged in that moment to ask only for what I saw and heard from the Father concerning his situation. And I understood in that instance, right? I didn't have God's perspective. I was only praying out of my perception of how I perceived the need at the moment. And God stopped me and he spoke to me and he said, hey, I've got something I'm doing here and I want you to press into my heart and pray from there instead. So this is important to understand. Prayer isn't necessarily about asking God for things. Yes, we're told to ask. Okay, but but the asking is not about getting things. It's more about us participating in the government of God into the earth. Our asking is about being in sync with what by revelation we're seeing him do and hearing him say. So in order, in other words, when I'm asking the father about my son's migraine and he says, hey, I want to bring this, uh, this healing as a reward to my son, Jesus. All right. So I'm asking for the healing of my son, but I'm not asking it for the sake of the healing. I'm asking it for the sake of the reward that goes to Jesus. Okay. Hopefully that makes sense. And, and you can see the difference. So in our administration of his kingdom, we are then decreeing and we're declaring in accordance with his will and in accordance with his laws. And we're behaving and we're thus walking in the actions of his kingdom into the earth. What God revealed to me that day as he tweaked my understanding of how to pray for my friend made me wonder how much we as Christians pray out of our own understanding rather than out of a revelation of the Father's heart. And I had to repent for this and instead to start asking God what he wanted me to, to declare over my friend. And I haven't always seen every prayer I've prayed over myself or others come to pass. You know, why do some get healed and others don't? Why do some goldfish, right, get raised from the dead and others don't? I don't really know yet, but I'm working on it. I want to understand. But what I do know is I've tasted and I've seen enough to know that the kingdom of God is at work in the earth through me if I'll take the time to learn how to wait, to learn how to listen, to learn how to see his word, and to learn how to boldly step out in response to what I believe his word is directing me to do. And I would encourage you in this to take some time 
uh, to go to season one of God's Kingdom Outside the Box. You'll find links to all the episodes at www.jimvince.com. And listen to episode eight, eight, published on April 14th of 2021, God's Power Released Through Obedience, special guest Molly Hicklin. In that episode, Molly just tells of amazing events that God worked through her and some of her girlfriends when they were young Christians because they came to an understanding in, in those moments of what the Father was doing, and they were just boldly stepping out of faith and obeying what God was showing them, and uh, miracles were taking place. It's an amazing episode and testimony. I would encourage you to go have a listen. I also want to point you to all the episodes I love, and I think they're all great, but uh, episode two, which was published December 30th of 2020, Hearing God's Voice with with guest Joel Thompson. All right, again, here Joel shares stories of hearing God's voice and responding to it and how the Lord led him in ministry to, to some other people. So these are stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things simply because they heard or they saw something of their father and they, they stepped out in faith. Our doing and our being, it flows out of first hearing and seeing our Heavenly Father. Faith comes from hearing His Word. We're made in His image. We were built for communication with Him. His sheep hear His voice. If you're in Him, you hear His voice. And when you're hearing His voice, you're hearing His Word. And these words are the building blocks of the faith that are already yours. And you have spiritual eyes, and you have spiritual ears, and you already have spiritual senses. And I want to encourage everyone listening to this. Let's all of us get out and start following Christ. Let's practice using these spiritual senses. You've been listening to God's Kingdom Outside the Box. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know. I'd love to hear your comments, your questions about what we talked about today. And also let me know if there's a topic you'd like me to cover in a future broadcast. You can email me at jim at jimvince.com. And you can also leave me a voicemail from the show notes. And that's it. I'll talk to you next time.